Praise the Lord. What a glorious day it is. As our ushers come forward as we prepare. Amen. What a way to end our worship time of singing, sweet hour of prayer. Good morning. So good to see you guys uh, this morning. On this bitterly cold day, you came out, so I think that deserves a joke, right? Uh, (laughs) You came, so you get one. A young man went to the drugstore, and he picked him out a small box of chocolate, a medium-sized box of chocolate, and a large box of chocolate. The, the pharmacist checked him out, and uh, the pharmacist said, what, what, Son, why, why are you getting uh, three boxes of chocolate? And he said, Oh, man, there's this new girl in town, and uh, I, I kind of got a date with her tonight. Uh, so I'm going over to her place, and, and if she holds my hand... I'm going to give her the small box of chocolates. If she gives me a kiss on the cheek, I'm giving her the medium-sized chocolate. And if I get a real smooch, she gets the big box of chocolate. Well, that night, the young man goes over to, to the house. He's having dinner with the family. And, and before the family starts the dinner, he asks if he can say the prayer. And he, he says an awesome prayer. The prayer lasts about five minutes long. And, and, and after he finally finishes the prayer, his, his young date turns to him and said, you never told me that you were so religious. And he turns to her and he says, you never told me your dad was the pharmacist. Sometimes our circumstances change the way we act, don't it? Well, I'm glad you came this morning. I hope you, uh, you're glad to be here, as I'm glad you're here. Uh, today, we're going to be back in Luke chapter 19. Uh, as, as you head towards Luke 19, I, you know, one of, one of my great uh, heroes of the faith is, is, was Dr. Billy Graham. Right, uh, Dr. Billy Graham was, had just this amazing way. He was just a great evangelist, great teacher, uh, and, and, and amazing how he lived his life. All the way up to his 100th, 100th birthday, he was, he was praising the Lord. He was teaching. He was, he was making Jesus' name famous. But in 1996... Him and his wife, Ruth, uh, were, were brought to Washington, D.C. They were given uh, the Congressional Gold Medal. And as they were there, uh, Diane Sawyer was interviewing Billy Graham, and, and she was asking him about uh, receiving this award. And, and he said these things. You know, he had an amazing way of whatever the conversation was going, pointing it back to Jesus. And Billy Graham was amazing at that, just like uh, uh, Brent G is amazing about talking about the U.S. Postal Service, right? Okay? <laughs> I thought that would got more laughs, Brent. but Dr. Graham said this he said Ruth and I are humbled by this award but 
The only recognition that I am looking forward to is when I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. My greatest reward will be to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. Well done, good and faithful servant. We're, we're going to see that phrase as, as we look into Luke chapter 19 today. Uh, as, as we see that, you know, last week we were in Luke 19, the, the first part of it, and we looked at the story of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, even though he was a rich man, he still knew that there was just something missing in his life. And, and he went all the way. He ran to that sycamore tree, climbed up it just so he could see Jesus. And, and we saw that in that story that Jesus looked at him. He didn't just see Zacchaeus for who he was, but he called out his name. And we ended our, that story last week seeing that Jesus said, I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and save the lost. So now as we move on in Luke chapter 19, we're going to the parable, a parable that Jesus told right after this encounter with Zacchaeus. It's the, the parable of the ten minus. In this passage, I want you to remember two things before we read it. In this passage, we're going to see that Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem from Jericho. Jericho is amazing land there in Israel. Jericho is 1,300 feet below sea level. It's the lowest city in the world. But up the hill, 20 miles is Jerusalem. Jerusalem is 2,500 feet above sea level and only separated by 20 miles. You add upon that that Jesus is walking to Jerusalem knowing that within this week he is going to be betrayed, he is going to be handed over, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be hung upon a cross for the sin of the world. So think about that as we open up our scripture to Luke chapter 19 starting with verse 11. It says this, As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was appearing immediately. He said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and and then returned. Calling ten of his servants, he came, he gave them ten minus, and he said to them, Engage in business until I come. But the citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered those servants to whom he had given the money to to be called to him, that he might know what uh, they had gained by doing business. And the first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten more minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in very little, you shall receive authority over ten cities. And the second came and said, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, 
and you are to be over five cities. And another came and said, Lord, here is your mina, which I have kept and laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not uh, deposit and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, I will condemn you uh, with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you put my money in a bank so that it might have made and collected uh, it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take this mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he, he has ten minas. I tell you that everyone who has more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who do not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. Father, we just, uh, we just fall before your, before your holiness this morning, God. We ask that you would just uh, bless the reading of this word. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would fill this place in such a way that, that, it, that your perfect uh, knowledge and forthcoming, your light, would be known to each and every one of us today. And God, that you would use this word to, to start a mighty revival amongst our souls in this church today. God, we pray this in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the interesting thing about this parable is that this is the only parable that Jesus told that actually had historical uh, uh, reference. It was an actual story uh, from the, in, in history, and we're going to, to, to look at that. Parables are, are kind of like onions. They have layers, and, and, and they have layers of meaning and application, so, so we're going to kind of try to pull back and peel back uh, this parable, but first of all, we want to start with that historical meaning. Uh, see, uh, Archelaus uh, was the son of Herod the Great. You guys all remember Herod the Great. Herod the Great wasn't Herod the Great because he was great. He was Herod the Great because he gave himself that nickname. Uh, Herod the Great was not a great man at all, but he was uh, the king when Jesus was born. Remember, uh, as the, the Magi came and, and, and were looking for Jesus, he sent them out. But that, when they did not return to Herod, then Herod had all the children, young men, ages uh, two and under, murdered in the region trying to keep his kingdom. So, so th this is his son. His son, after Herod passes away, his son wants to take over, but there's great controversy over who's going to get the kingdom from Herod because Herod, uh, he wrote out six different wills. Uh, two of his sons, uh, Archelaus and Antipas, uh, both claimed uh, that they should be the ruler. But uh, Archelaus, is, he's, he, he learned greatly from his father how to uh, manipulate and bribe the Romans. So he goes to Rome to meet with Caesar Augustus 
to, to have him name him as the, the king of the Jews. Uh, but as he goes there, there's a delegation of about 50 uh, Jewish leaders, uh, uh, prominent uh, Jewish figures, went to Rome as well. They went to Rome to protest and saying that they didn't want Archelaus to be their king because he was much like their dad, uh, his dad. Uh, so, so after all this happens, uh, Caesar makes uh, Archelaus, he makes him the, uh, the ruler over Judea, but he didn't make him the ruler over everything. Uh, he separated the country. Uh, he made Antipas the ruler over Ga- Galilee, and then their other brother Philip. He made the ru- <clears throat> excuse me the ruler over the east side of the Jordan River. So on returning, on returning, uh, Archelaus is furious that he didn't be- get to be just the king over all the, all the land. So as the delegation that came back f- with him, he had them murdered along with their whole families. Almost 2,000 or so people died because of this incident. So this is, this is the story behind what this parable that Jesus is telling. Now, as we move on, we want to see now more of the spiritual meaning. Uh, Jesus used uh, that actual event to describe what is going to happen when he returns as king. As he returns as kings, uh, we notice there in verse 11. And we, right as we start off this, this, this parable, verse 11, it, it, it shows us that they were anticipating the kingdom of God to be established immediately. Uh, the disciples and, and of the Jewish people were, were hoping that when Jesus went to Jerusalem this time, that he was going to do that and establish his kingdom right then and there. See, they were so tired of being oppressed by the Romans. They were so tired of being slave to to this other people. They were so ready for the Messiah to come and and take leadership and and rule and reign over them and lead them out of this persecution from from the the rulers that were over them. They were so ready for this to happen. But that was not God's plan. God's plan is for him to establish his kingdom, but it wasn't for that time. His plan was for the kingdom to be established for all people who believed him, not just the Jews. So Jesus came, and, and, and he walked among us. When he, he was here on the earth, and when he lived those 33 years before us, he was the Lamb of God. He showed grace and mercy and dignity before all people. He was the Lamb, and, and that Lamb was led to the slaughter. Amen? That Lamb was led up to, to be killed for us to take away the sins of the world. But know this, my friends, know this and understand this, that when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back as a lamb again. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back as the lion, the lion of Judah. And he will establish his kingdom then. He will be known as the king of kings. He will be the Lord of lords. And he will be the ruler of the world. The second spiritual meaning is this, is as we look at the gifts, the gifts that he gives to his servants. Uh, 
this parable gives us, uh, there's 10 servants here, and they are all given one mina. He, he has told them to take that mina and do business with it. The King James Version says to occupy until I come. The Greek word here is, is uh, pragmata, uh, which we, the word that we get from uh, uh, pragmatic from, okay? A mina was equal to about three months' salary, Okay, imagine that. Think about your income for three months. Okay, it's a significant amount of money. All right, so so they are given this great uh, amount of money, and they are told to go and, and use it, do business with it. Uh, Jesus now for us has gone to heaven, but he did not leave us here alone. Amen. He did not leave us here alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us to guide us and move us to where we need to go. But also beyond and above that, Jesus has given us gifts and talents. Amen? We all have very uh, many gifts and talents. We all are able to, to do things and do business with these things that God has given us to, for him. We are to be pragmatic about it, meaning we are to use these gifts, use these talents in a practical and real way. We are to use these gifts to make a difference in this world. Now, we need to be careful here, and we don't want to mix up this parable with the parable of the talents. In Matthew 25, there's a parable of the talents where uh, it, uh, different servants are given different amount of gifts. One is given five, another is given two, and another is just given one. Now, it is true that some people have been just gifted with different talents and maybe even more talents. But the one thing for sure, and what we see in, in this parable, is that each and every one of us has been given something. Each and every one of us has been given uh, a gift to be used. And so I, I, want, I want you to think about the gifts that each and every one of us have this morning, that each and every one of us need to be using. Number one is the gift of time. The gift of time. Now, I'm not talking about uh, uh, the time of our whole lives. Each and every one of us know that we're not guaranteed tomorrow, amen? But we are here today, and every day that we have has the same amount of time in it. Each and every one of us has the same amount of time to do what God wants us to do in that amount of time. We are given 24 hours in a period of day, but the question is, how are you managing that time? And how are you using that time for the glory of God? The second thing I want you to notice that each and every one of us have, and that is the truth. We have the truth, the truth, the word of God. We have the, uh, the blessing of having the word of God before us each and every day. Uh, many of you have cell phones. You have the Bible on your cell phone. You can, you can probably look up uh, 200,000 uh, different kinds of Bibles just on your phone. Many of you have probably... Uh, two, three, four, even a hundred Bibles at your own home. We all have the truth, the word of God before us. But how are we using the truth? Are you in the truth? Are you learning from the truth? Are, are you digging in the truth? Are you using the truth in your life? We have all been given it. The question is, how are we using it? The third thing is this, opportunities. 
We all have opportunities. Opportunities to serve the Lord. All of us have been given the, the, the choices to serve God and the opportunities to serve Him. The question is, are we going to serve Him and are we going to receive the rewards from serving Him? See, my friends, don't be mistaken. We all are going to be judged on how we manage the gifts God has given us. In our parable, the king returned. And when he returned, he required a personal account of each and every one of his servants. In that same day, in that same way, excuse me, in that same way, we all will give account of how we have managed the gifts that God has given us. In Revelation chapter 20, you, you will read about the great white throne judgment. Uh, after every knee bows and every tongue confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, those who in their lifetime did not choose Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will be judged and will be cast out, will be taken out and cast down into the lake of fire. Those folks will see the second death. The judgment, that judgment is not for Christians. Hallelujah. That judgment is just for those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ is their, their Savior and Lord. But as Christians, we will be judged. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. See, each and every one of us will be judged before our Lord. When you look at that, that scripture right there, that phrase, it says judgment seat. That, the judgment seat, is, which is phrased right there, is different from the white throne judgment in Revelation 20. The word judgment seat actually means bima. All right. The bema was a raised platform on which the the athletes and and and, and different uh, um, competitions. The athletes would come and they would stand upon that, and then they would be given their wreaths or crowns or, or rewards, it's kind, just kind of like uh, our, our Olympics are to us today. We we would come up there and we would put the gold medal around them on that raised platform. That is the bema. That's what it looks like. See what has going to happen, folks. If for us as Christians, when we come before the Lord, there will be a time where we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and He was going to sh- uh, reveal to us what we did in our life for the kingdom, and we will be rewarded for the good that we've done. There will be gifts handed out on that day. That is awesome. Awesome to see that. But in this passage, we also see that he moves to personable, being personable. In this passage, there there are two different types of people. There are the master servants 
And then there were the citizens or, or the subjects. The, the truth of the matter, whether we like to hear it or not, is that all people, no matter how good or bad they are in our standards, are going to stand before a holy God. And those who chose not to make him their master are going to be separated from him. They are going to suffer that second death, and they are going to be cast out, destroyed. If you are here today, and you are struggling with your salvation, if you are here today, I pray that the Spirit of God would speak to you in such a way that you would know without a doubt that God loves you. That God loves you so much that he came to earth and he died upon that cross for your sin so that you will not have to taste that death. God doesn't want you to go there, but that it's your choice whether to believe in him, trust in him, serve him, or reject him. The Bible is clear. He, Hebrews uh, chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed for, for man to die once. And after that, the judgment. Don't put him off. If God is speaking to your heart today, you come to him. You settle things down. Make him the Lord of your life today. I promise you, you won't regret it. The second thing we see is for the servants out there. That, the, that first judgment, that death, is, is for the subjects. Everybody is subject to God. The second part is for the servants. For you servants who've made the Lord your, your Savior, you've made the Lord your Master, we see that there are two kinds of us as well. Now, both, both kinds don't lose their salvation. But for the unfaithful servant, he sure did lose his joy of salvation. The unfaithful servant lost his blessing of salvation. Why and why did they lose that? Because of fear. They lost their blessing because they were f afraid to do the business of the Lord. They were afraid to get involved in the work of the Lord, of the kingdom. They were afraid to jump in and have God use them and, and, and use them with their gifts and talents to move forward the kingdom. Instead, they stepped back. They hid, they hid their, the joy of their salvation in, in a handkerchief. You don't want to be the servant The Spirit of God is, is on us and, and is guiding us, is moving us not to be afraid. There, we are not to be afraid. We are to be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to stand before our loved ones, our children, our neighbors, our friends, and declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord. There are so many blessings for standing up for God that we see. You know, I, I, I love sports. Uh, I just love sports all my life. And uh, I love being a part of a team and, um, and, and just the game uh, itself. Uh, but 
you know, Robin will testify to this, you know, when, when we watch uh, stories about uh, sports and stuff, there, there's, you know, they call me the weeping Whaley for some reason, I don't know, but, uh, but every time you see these specials about kids that don't have maybe special talents, that don't have special giftings. They aren't the best athletes. They, they don't even, they can't really contribute to the team. But still, they want to be a part of the team and they, and they work at it. I, I'm, I'm just reminded by one story from years and years ago. Jake Porter, this, Jake Porter had mental issues. He, he could not contribute to the team, but he wanted to be a part of the team. And, and he loved school, he, he, loved, he loved the football program, so each and every day he came, and he was part of it, and he worked, and he did everything that he could. But because of his, his, his issues, it wasn't really safe to even put him out there. So, so, the, so he never got in a game until his senior year. In the senior year, the last game of the year, they were getting beat 42 to nothing. And the coach uh, told the other coach, hey, I'm going I'm to put Jake out there. Uh, we're just going to hand him the ball. He's going to take a knee just so he can see some time on the field. And the, the other coach came back to him and said, no, let's let Jake run for a touchdown. So they handed Jake the ball, and they run the play. They, they block in front of him. The other team just falls down, and Jake runs. And his team... huddles around him, encourages him all the way to the end zone. When they get to the end zone, it's like Jake won the Super Bowl, right? And and getting beat 42 to nothing, their crowd stands and cheers. See, my friends, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It doesn't matter how many gifts you have. What matters is, are you going to use what you've been given or not? Because I promise you, And the word of God promises us when we put what he has given us to work, it doesn't come back void. There's blessing in doing the work of God. There's blessing in being a servant of God and doing what God has asked you to do. Jake and his team didn't win that night, but you couldn't, you wouldn't have known the difference because there was blessing in doing the work. When you put God's resources to work in your life, you're going to find blessing. Life is about our time, 
Life is about the truth. And life is about the opportunities that God has given us. Simply put, you are going to either use what God has given you or you're going to lose what God has given you. The only other thing that we see in this passage that we might point out today is this, that only three servants came and gave account over what they did with their minas. We may ask, well, what about the seven others? My friends, the seven others are us. What are we going to do with what God has given us? We either use it or we lose it. Today, as we go into a time of prayer, I just ask you to do business with God. Whatever He's calling you to today, be faithful to. You will not regret it and you will receive blessing for it let's pray father I, I just come to you today i thank you so much for your word lord i thank you for how you've um, uh, just been leading and guiding this church father i thank you for each and every person here today lord i ask that if there's somebody in this congregation today that doesn't know you lord that they w- they would not resist coming to you today Father, I pray that they would humble themselves today and, and, and say, Lord, be the, the Lord of my life. So, Father, I pray that you would, you, you would speak directly to their hearts this morning and draw them to yourself. Father, I lift up to you your servants. Father, I pray that as your servants, God, when we long and we look to the opportunities that you have set before us, Lord, when we stand upon that bima, we will hear the words, good and faithful servant. Father, use us. Help us to cast away any fear Satan is so good at, at, at making us fearful, but we have nothing to fear because you are with us, God. So Lord, help us cast away all fears and just live in you, serve you to further your kingdom. Father, I just pray this for all, each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray.